What is up, everyone? We're back with episode 15 of Novelty Voice. I'm excited for this interview here. We're sitting here with Nick Turner. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good. Um, real quick, just want to give you a recap of where we're at and, and what we're doing here. We're at 120 Collective at 120 East Market Street. Uh, it's a podcast station here on Monument Circle. If you guys have you know, a podcast that you're trying to start, if you need a team of people to help you, um, you know, hit us up. We'll get you connected to the people here at 120. They're very helpful, extremely great guys. Um, Novelty Voice, as far as that, it's a platform for creative entrepreneurs and young professionals to be heard. You know, Our goal is to interview really awesome up-and-coming movers and doers here in the city and get to know them more on a personal level, uncovering their journey, their mindset, and the vision of what they're doing. So without further ado, Nick, you're the CEO of Deliverin', man. How are you doing tonight and uh, what you been up to? Uh, I've been great. Um, just really focused on uh, building out our team, finishing out our tech, and uh, finishing out, like, closing out this round of funding. Um, it's been fun. It's been a journey. Uh, some tough nights, like more tough uh, than good. Yeah. But um, it's been awesome. It's been great. Right Love on. It. And so let's go back to the very beginning of Nick. You know, where are you from? Um, born and raised here in Indy. Uh, okay. On the west side. West side. Where'd yeah. you go to high school? I went to Southport. Southport. Yeah. Okay. And then how many siblings did you have growing up? Um, growing up, like, uh, well, like right now, I'm the second to youngest of, out of six. Okay. And uh, single parent like house like with my mom um had some tough times like growing up but um it just like put me in a position to be where I'm at today yeah um just like facing the adversity and just uh fighting through for sure yeah and so are you you said that you're the youngest of six correct Uh, second to youngest second to youngest okay yeah cool and um so what were your hobbies growing up um, I love sports. Yeah. And uh, whenever I was younger, I got really into uh, Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel that. So I was I was a Pokemon dude, not Digimon, but like that was like whenever like you had to be either or. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, like I was like really big into sports. Mm-hmm. Um, hanging out with my granddad. He was a pastor and also an entrepreneur. Um, just like learning a lot from him. Um, yeah, and just grinding it out. I feel that. What so? Uh, what was your uh, your granddad's an entrepreneur was an entrepreneur? What did he do? So he was a pastor and he also owned uh, five furniture companies, like okay. five furniture stores. Like wow! Here in Indy. Did yeah. you ever like work for him or anything? Or no, I was too young. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I was too young. But like it was awesome because like with my company now, like we deliver things. And okay. With his furniture store, like uh, whenever like a customer didn't have like the vehicle capabilities or physical capabilities of like picking up things and transporting them. Like, he would actually, like, pick them up for them and, like, do it, like, right then and there for oh, free. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So you kind of, like, <laughs> took that and now just with the technology nowadays. And we'll dive more into, what you know, what the company actually is. But just I understand what you're saying. So yeah. that's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, and so you grew up at Southport. And did you play any sports in high school? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played football and I ran track. Okay. Um, freshman year, I was an All-American. Uh, actually, uh, I think I still have a state record as the fastest uh, freshman in Indiana history. No shit. The, okay. Uh, 200. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Did you just run 200, or what else did you do? Um, at state that year, I did the 200 and the 4x4. Four four. Okay. But, um, like, overall, like, my overall uh, specific events was 100, 200, 4x4, four 4x1, four, four uh, open 400. I did high jump, long jump. Nice. So you a little bit of everything. Yeah, everything that th- anywhere that they needed me. And like so, I'd what position that. were you in football? 
uh, running back. Okay, yeah. nice. Uh, and then what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you, you know, want to become a professional athlete, or was there something else, like an astronaut or something crazy? Um, I knew that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Oh, like, really? Especially okay. Especially, like, just from, well, there was a short period of time I wanted to be a dentist, but, like, after I, <laughs> like, it was, like, whenever I was older, but, like, I always wanted to be, like, my granddad. Mm-hmm. So, like, he was an entrepreneur, but um, I got fascinated with, like, going to like dental school and everything but whenever I went to IU like I had a football scholarship so like they're like yeah you're not (laughs) you can't do that buddy (laughs) I feel that um and then so uh with like entrepreneurship growing up because that's pretty fascinating to me how you know you always wanted you always knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur did you do any like like small businesses growing up like selling candy or like anything (laughs) like that um Yes and no. Okay. Like, uh, in fifth grade, we had, like, our fifth grade trip where we had to uh, go, um, like, as, like, a whole fifth grade class to mm-hmm. this, like, one location where we could either, like, run a podcast or mm-hmm. a radio station. Was that Mini Economy? Like, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we had to do that. Okay. And whenever I was there, like, I was an entrepreneur there. Like, I actually owned, like, a, what was it, like, a flower shop or something like that. Okay. And, like, just from, like, people, like, coming up and, like, coming to my store and, like, getting, like, fake flowers and fake money. And I was like, oh, like, this is awesome. Like, so I was, like, managing, like, all these different people. And I was, like, telling them to do what to do, like, what to do what not to do. And it was just, like, ever, ever since then, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I need. That's awesome. And so you ended up going to Indiana University? Yep. And IUB. was that specifically just for football, or did you always kind of have your, your hope set on IU? Was it just IU that you were looking at? Any other schools? Um, yeah, I had a few other schools. Uh, like, from high school, like, I finished, like, uh, like the number one, like, running back, like, in the state. Oh, wow. Uh, I got, like, different offers. Um, sadly, like, I, oh, not sadly, but, like, uh, Georgia offered me. I had, like, a few of the, the – track scholarships that offer me like from like Florida and everything like they converted over to like football and track mm-hmm. but like that one wasn't like a full scholarship it was more like partial yeah um but one of the the number one running back in the country that year his name's Michael John or Mike Brown or something like that but he uh, decommitted from USC and committed to Georgia and then Georgia pulled my scholarship while I was at IU oh damn and I didn't know that like I was 18 I had no idea that they could do that so I was like oh well hey (laughs) coach Lynch I'm here right now (laughs) yeah I'll commit so um and I, I, I loved IU from like seeing the campus whenever I went there for state and just like the overall like atmosphere of like in the culture that was there um, yeah it was awesome yeah for sure that's where i graduated from and there's there's nothing like bloomington indiana it's yeah. a it's a good place yeah. um amazing. and then so yeah i mean what what was your major at iu i mean uh, i know football but <laughs> yeah yeah i i ended up uh double majoring in telecom and psychology okay. nice yeah. nice which one did you enjoy more psychology really okay super interesting i like that uh what was your college experience like (laughs) it was good (laughs) (laughs) right on what i mean okay so starting running back right uh well yeah i was whenever coach wilson was there okay well whenever we first got hired there yeah and um throughout the beginning of camp and then i got a concussion Mm. okay gotcha i mean I'm super uh, fascinated and I'm curious to know what was, what was it like being at, you know, in Bloomington, 
going to school there and being a college athlete? I know it's like a whole nother experience because that's something that, you know, I wasn't a college athlete. I just went to school there, and but I had a bunch of friends who were on the football team and whatnot, and I just know that's a, just a different life. So what was that like for you? It was a blessing and a curse at the same time. Like, Why do you say that? And bad. Like, uh, my, like, I played two sports, so my schedule was insane. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd get up at 4 o'clock, be on the line at 4.30, run from 4.30 to 5.30, lift from 5.30 to 6.30, then I go over to track, and I'd go to track by 7, then I run from 7 to 8.15, and then be back in the meeting room by 8.30, then on the field at 9.15 for football, and then change, like, practice starts at 9.30, off the field by 12.30 if we're lucky, and then <laughs> um, after that, we'd have lunch, and then we'd have to hurry up and get to class, and my class started at 1.00. So I'd go from one till six, and then after that, uh, we would have like sometimes it would be like seven on seven. It starts at uh, from seven to eight. Yeah. But we'd also have like study tables and dinner and everything like that. But study tables closes at I believe if I remember it was like ten ten thirty, and after that I'd either like go to the library and study up some more, or I'd go home and study, and I'd go to sleep around twelve thirty one. Dude, and that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. What in the world? Yeah. Dude, kudos to you, man. That You must have developed like so much discipline from yeah. that type of schedule. Yeah. Was that, I mean, did was that pretty easy for you to do that every single day, or did you get, like, burnt out? <laughs> no, it was not easy. Uh, that was, like, the schedule whenever Coach Wilson was there. But, like, when Coach Lynch was there, it was, like, a lot more lax. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I still had, like, a lot on my plate, but – and they just – they demanded uh, the best like person out of me. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it it you get conditioned to it. Yeah. Like waking up at that time. Whenever I was a freshman, I always got in trouble because I would either like sleep in and like be late to the workout. And uh, what happened was like I got hit really hard freshman year at camp. I mean, really hard. <laughs> and uh, it gave me a concussion, and they. <laughs> They uh, diagnosed me with, like, narcolepsy. <laughs> no, it <laughs> so, really. Like, I was, like, falling asleep in the running back meeting room, and the running back coach was like, someone wake Nick up. <laughs> and it was hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember it was Ian Reeves, and it was during inside run, and that was whenever it was just run plays. Like, there was no passing plays. All the linebackers, safeties, everyone knew that it was a run. And, yeah, he lit me up <laughs> three times in a row. I mean, I was little. I was, like, 170, like, running back. Yeah. Because I was fresh off of track, like, season. Yep. So, yeah, and he was, like, 250, one of the strongest dudes. On <laughs> he the just team. got lit up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I couldn't even imagine getting hit by a college football player. <laughs> that would be, hey, <laughs> be something else. I, I remember I called out uh, J.J. Watt during the game. Really? Yeah. Against Wisconsin. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Describe that. Tell me that story. So um, it was first quarter, and I was having a good first quarter. Like uh, I had over 100 yards in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And um, like I was sitting there, I like looked over at him. And it was a, like the play that they called in was a pass play. So I was like sweeping away from him. So I like pointed him out, and he was like, me? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. He was like, okay. And he got gets down in his stance, and the dude's just amped. Like, 
I've never seen this. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I was like, all right, I'm going to swing. And then Ben, like, audibles to where I'd have to, like, take him. And mm-hmm. I just look up at him, I'm like, crap. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. So, like, at that time, I was still, like, 180, 190. <laughs> but I was, like, fast. Yeah. So I, like, came at him, and he was coming full, like, oh, my goodness. Like, shot out of a cannon. And I went to, like, cut him at his knees, <laughs> and he kneed me. And then just drug my body. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jeez. hilarious. Yeah, that, yeah, I couldn't even imagine. That's crazy. That's a good story, though. Yeah, and he picked me up. He was like, just never do that again. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then so what, what would be the best lesson that you think you learned from playing college football? Uh, hmm, that's a tough one. I learned a lot. Um I want to say communication and also like how you treat others Mm. because you're around so many people that come from different backgrounds and sometimes like they don't understand your story and you don't understand their story, but you have to like learn to like get along and like play fair. I mean, it's your teammate. Like you, you fight for them like in a heartbeat. And, uh, that's just like, like some of the things like there's, there's sometimes like you'd have to be like, ah, like, like, I, I don't want to, like, stay around that person. But, like, whenever it comes, like, whenever you put on those pads and that jersey, like, you're you're pretty much family. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's like, one of the things is just, like, like communication, just, like, getting familiar with each other's stories. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you, would you say the same about, like, the biggest lesson that you took away from, you know, college, like, the academic side of things? Would, would it be the same thing or something different? Um different yeah because like college like it just taught me how I learn and okay. uh, that's what I like struggled with a little bit like whenever I was growing up yeah but it helped me tremendously like as an entrepreneur because I could teach myself mm. and um so that now like my learning curve is like that yeah versus, like trying to learn something that I don't really like like or mm-hmm. find interesting so like now whenever it comes to entrepreneurship like I'm learning more about like safe notes, convertible notes, how to raise money, how to speak with investors, how to meet with them, how to get them entertained, like like even open up the door for them to uh, invite you in to sit down with them. Yeah. So it's um, different things. And also like the different like business metrics from uh, financials, uh, managing, like hiring people, different contracts, legal teams, like everything. Um, but yeah, it's, it just taught me how I learn and it's just been a great experience especially from IU for sure yeah and I, I can relate to that I mean there's a lot of nights on YouTube and Google just mm-hmm. like teaching myself how yep. to do things yeah. <laughs> yeah Google's your best friend exactly 100 <laughs> percent um and so yeah I mean we just did a, a pretty cool community event not too long ago we did the shoe drive at Outreach Indiana you were involved with that and um, you know, you, you spoke and shared your story with everyone that was there, which was super powerful. And if you don't mind, you know, uh, I thought that, that your story was super and is super uh, inspiring. So if you don't mind, can you just kind of, you know, touch on your, your background, your story? You said, you know, um, it was kind of a struggle growing up. So can you give, you know, the listeners kind of a feedback of who you are, where you come from and, and just, yeah, your, your story. Yeah. Like, uh, so it was tough. Mm-hmm. And um, so my mom was a single parent with six kids. And my dad, like, he, yeah, that's a whole other story. But, um, <laughs> like, it was just a struggle. Like, she she worked 
her butt off um, to make sure that we had the best that we, like life that we could. And uh, sometimes, I mean, like it was rough for her as well, but she never gave up. That's mm. the thing. And um, with everything going on, it was like, uh, like she she had that grit inside of her and that resilience to like make sure that we didn't think that we were failing her mm. you know, or that it was like our fault that we're in this situation because like there was like a period of time where we were homeless and like one part of the, the homelessness like we had to stay in a station wagon and then the other side of the homelessness like we had to um like live in churches that Willer mission like put us in and we had to live in churches like every two weeks and we had to like transport from church to church like every like, yeah like every two weeks and um it was it was different because like there was other families like there as well yeah and you had to like sleep on like the cots in the basement with like other families so uh, you get like connected pretty quickly with them because like you're in the same situation and uh, like sometimes like whenever you're at school like you have to like put on a whole like different like face mm. and um, be like oh like everything's good especially like when whenever like everything was going on like so many people were like looking up to me in a way yeah because of like through sports yeah so like so many people were like oh like you're killing it you're doing this you're doing that and like it was cool because like so many people were like saying that but like internally like i'm like fighting a whole another battle that like they didn't even know about yeah and um like from that it was just uh uh pretty pretty crazy like what i've learned like from that time yeah because um there's going to be like tough times like it doesn't like it's not gonna be cold every day it's not going to be raining every day you just have to know that there's like bigger and better things that to look up to like in the future mm -hmm. and that's what i did and that's what my mom preached to me and that's what my granddad preached to me as well and um like he like my granddad like he uh he was like a strong like backing like into me and he instilled a lot of his mannerisms into me as well and also like my other like brothers and sisters and um it was just like the like I remember I came I came home like like to his house uh, and he was like yeah like tell me your stats from the game and it was in seventh grade I was like oh like I had I think it was like two or three touchdowns for like uh, I don't know how many yards he's like oh you're gonna go to like D one you're gonna go to the NFL like blah blah, blah. and I was like eh, thinking in my head like mm. but he was like no like never say you can't do something and that's mm -hmm. why I have like tattooed on me like, okay. right now and. Um, like there's so like I could talk all day about this because um, yeah keep going there was there was so many different things that have happened um, whenever I was younger from like even like I have even right now like I have friends who are doing life in prison for mm. murder I have multiple friends in life in prison for murder I have friends who like drive Lamborghinis I have yeah. friends who literally um, dedicate their whole life just to solving a solution like for free like they're just literally just living off the ground like off the earth yeah and um it's just like inspiring to me like not like the fact that um they're around but it's just like the fact that um like i can learn so much like from them and i have learned so much from them and um like going back to like whenever i was younger uh it was just like taught me like how like what how and what I should be whenever I'm older mm. and um 
from like judging others, like knowing not to judge anyone because you never know what someone's going through. Facts. And um, just like, especially like, like as an entrepreneur, you shouldn't judge anyone. Mm -hmm. Like everyone starts off as an entrepreneur in the same way. Like you always have to ask for help. If you think that you're gonna go through <clears throat> not asking for help, you're not gonna learn anything. Mm. And you're not gonna get anywhere thinking that you can just do it all on your own. Um, like there's there's tough times like yes ask for help like you're not like it's okay you're a human being <laughs> like it's nothing's wrong with asking for it um, but yeah like like my mom asked for help my granddad even asked for help um, so it's just like like if something's going wrong like just ask yeah and that's what I like came accustomed to and that's what makes it easier for me to like discuss like financials with investors I'm like yeah like this is what I need by this time because if I don't get this then this is what's going to be the outcome yep and it's just like a very straightforward conversation like with everyone I'm with and everyone I'm around because like there's no point of like putting any like gray area and anything especially like whenever you're trying to start up a company like if someone's like oh like who reached out to you I'm like yeah like let go did and they're like are you sure I was like yeah <laughs> they flew us out to New York yeah I'm sure and they're like well do you have proof I'm like yeah yeah I do have proof and then here's the email here's the screenshots here's this here's that and they're just like oh but it's just like like just being I'm just very straightforward with everything I do yeah and I think yeah. that there's power in that just being straightforward being transparent and honestly just being vulnerable as well I mm -hmm. feel like there's a lot of power in uh, people can see, I mean, just with having multiple conversations with you, I can tell, just tell how genuine you are and that you mean good. And, and especially with your product that you want to, you know, solve a major problem and mm -hmm. actually, you know, bring good to the world. So that's super cool. And, <clears throat> you know, I appreciate you for that. Um, you know, after you graduate college though, so was it like, you, you graduate college and you, you weren't really sure what you wanted to do or did you already have this idea of at the time what it would be shipper tech now delivering mm -hmm. um did that idea come you know in college after college where did the birth of that happen um see that's a that's a tough question because um i feel like it came whenever i was like four years old really yeah okay because and then it just grew throughout the years yeah to what it is now because like like i mentioned before like my granddad had the uh the furniture, furniture stores yep so like he'd pick up the furniture and deliver it with delivering we're picking up furniture iphones everything else and we're delivering it mm. and so like that pretty much could have been like something from like psychology yeah <laughs> thinking back on but um like there's other things like whenever i was in college like my running back coach he was like hey like you can't be like buying and selling things online like like on uh craigslist and mm -hmm. i was like oh like all right he's like no like seriously it's dangerous you have to stop and i was like okay so he like made me like start coming over his house to like make extra money to like like mow his grass um clean out his gutters different things like that and um from there like after that like one of my friends got robbed and i was like oh wow all right now this is the time to start it yeah but, but before that luckily like Deliver-in, like, slash Shipper Tech wasn't, like, my first startup, thankfully. Okay. What well, <laughs> was your first um, startup? My first one was called the Unbounded Group. and um, What was that about? Like, whenever I started it, like, I knew, like, I was going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But what I used the Unbounded Group for is to actually, like, teach me entrepreneurship. So it was a online platform for startup and seasoned entrepreneurs where they can come in and tell each other stories 
uh, collaborate. Like, if they have any questions, they can just, like, post it and ask. Mm. And uh, people will, like, actually respond. You can actually see, like, different interviews from, like, one of my mentors that I sat down and other, like, entrepreneurs as well. And um, you can also, like, I also formed a partnership with the Aisha Agency. There's a multimedia agency located in uh, L.A. and also Seattle, Washington. And uh, one of my buddies, like, owned the company. So he actually hooked me up and, uh, like, made it so that the websites were 50% off for me. But I could still sell it for 100% off. Like, he'd sell it to me for, like, 750 But I can, like, sell it for uh, 1500 and then make monthly payments. So, like, hey, like, there's monthly payment options. So, like, whenever you're starting off a company, like, you're not going to sit there and be like, oh, 1500 here you go. Yeah, yeah. Like, monthly payments, yeah, that's totally fine. So, like, you can, like, actually use that money for other things. And, um, yeah, like, that's what the Unbounded Group was. It was just, like, helping out other people learn entrepreneurship. And from that, like, I learned so much about, like, business plans, pitch decks, uh, like operations, like management, everything. Because uh, people would send in their business plans that they're looking at to like start up a company and other people like, like there was companies that were raising like their series A sending in like their pitch decks like to review. And I'm like, oh <laughs> crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, so I'm on Google just like <laughs> looking it up. Like, all right, what does this series A pitch deck looks like? What does it, what does this term sheet look like? So that's what I was doing. That's crazy. What happened yeah. to the company then? Uh, like I, I learned enough to the, where the point where I was, I was like, okay, like I can start an, another venture. Okay. So I started like showcases and that was a cell phone case that comes with a cigar cutter, flint strip and matches. Oh, and that's cool. And it was like catered to the cigar industry. And yeah. The reason why I made that one was for my granddad because he mm. loves cigars. Like, I think it was like two pictures that we have of him that he doesn't have a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, like I started that and then, um, like my son and everything. So I got super busy with him. Mm. And, um, like, and then I started like Kids First Vending uh, that I was like trying to like dish off to my son's mom <laughs> like, so she can have something going on. And, um, like, we actually, like, uh, finished out, like, a partnership with, like, Gerber. Oh, so, wow. like, it was, like, Kids First Vending was a vending machine that came with, like, diapers, wipes, baby food, baby formula. So, what? like, for people who don't need to, like, carry around their, like, diaper bag. Yeah. So, especially, like, Disneyland, Disney World, theme mm-hmm. parks. So, instead of having to go all the way back to the hotel, you can just go to the vending machine and get whatever you needed out for cheap. Yeah. And um, what made me think of that is because I had my son and I was in the mall and then I was like, crap, like the next thing, like the next place that has diapers is CVS. So I had to buy a whole thing of diapers from CVS when I have a, already have a whole thing at home. Yeah. So instead of that, just go to the vending machine and just get one out. Wow, that's genius, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so what happened with that company? I literally put everything on pause to focus on what I'm doing now. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you kind of still have that in the background then. Yeah, in the background, yeah. Okay. And uh, one of the reasons why is because, like, so, like, my, my buddy got robbed at mm-hmm. gunpoint, and then that made me really want to, like, dig in more, and like, on the research of it. So I started noticing that there was a lot of crimes that were happening, like, through marketplace platforms like Facebook Marketplace. There was a Craigslist killer, um, let go, uh like for example, um, through Facebook Marketplace, there was one that sticks with me, and like after I tell you, you'll, you'll see why. Um, there was a dad in Jacksonville, Florida. It was uh, July of 2017, 
who was purchasing a free dog from Facebook Marketplace. Mm -hmm. And uh, the seller of the dog, which, I mean, it was free. Like, all they had to do was just drop it off. So the seller, like, came into the home. Like, the his two daughters were playing with the dog. And his fiance was just like, hell, like, we just want to make sure that they like the dog and the dog's like to them. Because they were little. Like, one was two and the other one was four, I believe. And uh, so the the owner actually stayed there for like two hours and he took off his shoes and everything got super comfortable and the everyone started getting uncomfortable because he was just there for so long yeah and uh the dad was like hey like we're about to like we'll take the dog like the girls love him like this and that i was like but we're about to leave like could you please leave and the owner got mad and stood up and shot the dad in the chest in front of his daughter and also his fiance and what's crazy about it is the guy that shot him actually got away with it. Really? Yeah. How did he get away for that? He claimed self-defense. That's messed up. Yeah. Jeez. And so you're hearing all these stories, and <clears throat> that's when you were like, okay, this is this is the time. Yeah, because like there's like sure there's some competitors out there, but um, they're not doing the exact. They don't have the same vertical that we have, or the same like uh, user flow or anything because like we're the only ones that have like a live video chat so like we're removing the in-person meetup and replacing it with that so that it's pretty much like facetime so if i'm buying like a couch from you and i don't know like we don't know each other yeah um you can post like your username onto like facebook with the couch that you're trying to sell and i can like copy it paste it into the app and i can sms like text you like hey like this is nick i saw that you posted a couch on to facebook marketplace like can i like check it out in the next like five minutes, and then from there, if you say yes, I can like literally like tap on your username and then FaceTime you mm. like inside the app, and uh, I can be like, hey, like can you show me the couch? So I can like see the couch instead of just pictures, I can actually see it like in person, make sure that it's there, and um, from there, like be like, do you have any pets? All right, cool, I like it, and um, we can actually like press on the screen, it'll measure it out and it'll populate um, what type of vehicle is needed to transport it. Oh, wow. Okay. And we just tap on the screen. Uh, it'll pull up a work order. You just fill it out really quick, and it's a really fast like work order. It takes yeah. less than 30 seconds. <laughs> and um, you pay inside the app, and the money's held in escrow. Okay. So it's just like like whenever I'm buying it, like you don't get the money immediately. And uh, from there, a driver's notified. They'll go out to your location. Uh, they'll call me one more time to make sure this is the exact couch that I want. And then they'll pick it up and deliver it right to me. And then the money's uh, released to you. Dude, that's genius. I, uh, not too long ago, I posted a couple of things on Facebook Marketplace. And nothing that I like, really needed to buy or really needed to sell. Um, and I only posted it for like 50 bucks or whatever. And I had all these people reaching out to me. But you know, the first thing I did was look at their profile, obviously. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this guy looks kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This guy's kind of sketch. Yeah. Um, so, like, what you're saying, you know, it's genius. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm curious. So, when you go to an investor or whatever, do you have, like, some type of elevator pitch? Um, you know, like a quick synopsis of what Deliver End is? Um, before I meet or right whenever I meet them? Um, let's say, for example, you know, someone someone walks up to you, you meet them, and they're like, hey, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm starting this, you know, company called Deliver In, and they say, what's that? But you only got one minute, you know, 30 oh, seconds, 30, 30 seconds, seconds to 30 explain, yeah, what is Deliver In? What would you say to them? 
Um, the 30-second pitch would be Deliverand is a safe, convenient, and secured uh, delivery platform for marketplace platforms like Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist. Mm. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And so you, you talked about, you know, what it is, where the idea came from. How much does it cost to, you know, use your platform? Um, it, the cost varies. So it's set up similar to like Uber and Lyft, okay. where it's like uh, the pickup and also like how far it goes. But um, yeah, so it's $13 for a car and uh, it's 90 cents per mile. And then um, outside of that, uh, we have like drivers who have full box trucks. That's forty five dollars to for pickup, and then two two dollars and fifty cents per mile. Okay, and then so you, I think you kind of touched on it, but as far as your competitors, what makes you guys so different? Is it that FaceTime kind of capability? Is it is it the technology um, that you have? What you know? What makes you guys special? Uh, I believe what makes it special is the team. Mm, like uh, okay. anyone can like build out anything, but it's all about the execution. Yeah, of it. and I believe like the team behind like Deliver End is what's making it so successful. Like right now, um, and make like because I'm not worried about competitors. Like sure, like I keep my my eye open like, for sure. Yeah, like, towards them, but um, I know like like we're we're super passionate over here, mm-hmm. and uh, like outside of passion, we we make sure that we get the job done. So we're very, uh, uh, we work hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah, then yeah. Was, was it, um, you know, to create this team, you know, was it all you? Did you, how how did you bring together people and create this awesome team? Um, just through networking. Really? Yeah, okay. just like asking friends, family, like if they know, like know anyone. Yeah. Um, putting myself out there at networking events, like asking people who are already doing something, like, hey, would you mind doing something on the side? And um, it's just really, like, like it's crazy, like, how many people are, like, actually willing to help. Yeah, for like sure. When, like, I, I literally have, like, attorney friends who have knocked out thousands of dollars of legal work for us for free. Oh wow! And um, I mean, not the patents though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we have a few <laughs> patents out there that, and more that we're going after. But um, yeah, like the it's it's awesome. Like just connecting with all those people. Um, I was fortunate enough to like have like a a couple of people from like Barnes and Thornburg that I was like really good friends with, who actually like uh, like I asked them like, hey, like can you do this? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then they'll knock it out in like a day or two, and then like send me the finished document. I'm like, all right, how much do I owe you? They're like, nothing. Just let me know if you need anything else. Oh, wow. (laughs) The power of networking. Yeah. It's all about who you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, like, like especially when they believe in you. For sure, yeah, yeah. What you're you're doing. Because, um, like, yeah, like there's, like I had like the other cool like startups. Well, I thought that they were cool. (laughs) But, um, like, what we what we're doing now is actually like making it so that like whenever I sit down with an investor, they're like, oh, like what's your numbers? What's this? What's that? And I'm like, no, like we're not gonna get into that right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, so what we're gonna talk about is you, and they're like, what? And I'm like, no, like so, what like how are you with other people? Like what's your passion? Like what what makes you want to invest in deliver in? So you could, you like vet your investors as well. To make sure that they're good people, mm, and, I like um, that. Yeah, like expe- like even whenever you're going through like a VC, like you vet the VC more than they vet you. So like whenever I talk to VCs, I'm like, okay, like if you want to invest, like let me speak to 
three CEOs that said yes to you and three CEOs that said no. And also, like, behind that, I want to see who else has, like, considered you and why they, like, like turned you down or why they wanted to co-invest or have you, like, on their board or different things like that. And um, from that, they're just like, oh, like, they respect you a lot. Yeah, more. I'm sure you get really good feedback because, honestly, that's, that's very smart. That's... Um, uh, that's probably the first time I've actually heard someone say that, you know, and usually when people are going after, um, you know, funding, it's like all about just getting that money. Nah. They don't, they don't care about that person. It's just, if you're willing to throw that check, then they're, they're willing. Yeah. But that's so cool how, you know, you actually take the time to make sure that they're a right fit for your company. That shows yeah. a lot about you and your character. So I really like that. Um, you know, I've heard personally that it's extremely hard to start a tech startup. You know, is that true, and what is the process like? I'm sure it has to be crazy. If I could cuss on here, I would, but it's, <laughs> it's hell. It's absolutely hell. Was it as hard as, you know, you thought it was going to be? I'm sure you thought it was going to be pretty difficult, but is it even harder? It's about a thousand times harder. Really? But Why like, would you say I, that? I, I love it. Um, the reason why it's harder is because you you find you find that uh, some of the people that you you thought, like, backed you and believed in you, they'd, like, be hesitant, and mm. they'd be like, eh. but you'd see that people who barely know you just cut the check, and, like, they're like, oh, like, I'm all on board, and blah, 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 and they're just on it, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's interesting mm-hmm. seeing, like, like, speaking with people and, like, just getting to... Uh, how can I explain it? Just the overall like difficulties are like the execution techniques. Mm. So like you, whenever you start off, like you're gonna go through different versions of the company before anyone else even knows it. Yeah. It's just all in your head for sure. And then also like when it's out your head, you're like, okay, I got this finished product. And then once it's on paper, you're like, okay, I gotta change this. I gotta change it's that. It's constantly, that. yeah. Yeah, and it's different like revolu- all these different things that are just changing. And then on top of that. Um, like there's legal things like you have to make sure that you're not like infringing on anyone's patent you got to make sure that your your company structure is set up correctly <laughs> because um one of our competitors actually set their company up wrong and they're actually getting sued by their state <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but outside of that it's just like expe- like when it comes to raising money it's you're going to find so much out about yourself that it doesn't make sense like it's <laughs> You're going to go through so many dark times, so many dark days where mm. you're, like, sitting there, like, dang, rent's due, rent's past due. Oh, here's an eviction notice. Oh, here's this, here's that. I've mm. never been evicted, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, like, the, the like, different things where you're just, like, stressed. Like, yeah. you're, like, how am I going to figure it out? But if you keep continue to work hard and uh, continue to fight, continue to reach out to people, continue to ask for help, like, it all works out. So what, I guess, what makes you just keep going, even when you were in those darkest times where you didn't even know if you could pay for rent, you know, what made you keep going after, you know, that goal and that dream of, you know, turning this all into reality? Was it just because you had amazing support? Was it because you were so passionate about what you were creating? What do you think? I believe it's two things. Okay. Um, one is my son. Mm. Like, he, he's the major, like, uh, he actually like supports me a ton. Your like, son is um, so cute. <laughs> yeah, he's he's awesome. Like uh, I take him to meetings with me, everything, and 
he's really solid at reading people. Like really? if, if if he like hears someone say something off and I I like react to it differently, he's like, "No, no, you don't say that." <laughs> I mean, he's 3 years old, but he's very straightforward just like I am. But like outside of him, um what makes me not give up is are the people who already said no to me. Mm. So the ones who said no, I'm like, "Okay. Okay. You'll see." Yeah. And um <laughs> It's 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 quite like comical, like because some of the no's like they come back and they're like, hey, like uh, how you doing? Or they like text you and like, hey, how's it going? Like you don't have to. I'm not going to tell you. Like why would you wonder how's it going if you didn't invest? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a it's a bittersweet thing. I feel that. That's that's super cool though. Um, man, that's that's the drive though. I like it. Um, and so like. Oh, that's just, like, entrepreneurship. But, like, whenever it comes to, like, deliver end, it's just, like, people. Because I, I find people fascinating. Because everyone you meet's different. And yeah. no one's the same. Because, um, like, everyone has this whole, um, like, ripple effect to them. Okay. Every Explain that. Person. So, like, uh, with deliver end, like, we want to make sure that someone, like, everyone has that opportunity throughout life to have their ripple effect moment. And if someone gets murdered from an online transaction, we don't know if they actually had that. So, like, mm-hmm. our thing is, like, making sure that everyone's safe and secure and that some, like, people don't, um, like, steer away from the marketplace because, like, they're like, oh, like, someone may, like, kill me just from trying to sell something, like, sell an iPhone. Like, someone, uh, like, a lot of people, put like, tag me in these things, mm-hmm. like, on Facebook. And someone here in Indy, I saw that uh, a guy was um, pistol whipped and robbed at gunpoint over a uh, cell phone case. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was <laughs> literally uh, this past weekend. It happened. I think you posted that on your story, your like yeah. Instagram story. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Over a phone case. Yep. Dude, yeah. that that doesn't even make sense to me. But people, uh, people nowadays, or just people in general, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's insane. Um, and so I guess how long has it been since I know you've kind of always had this idea and low key, you've always been working on it, but how long ha- would you say you've been in that process of really turning this thing into, you know, um, we did our first delivery early February of tw- 2017. Okay. And so then where are you at now in that whole entire process? Are you, are you um, launched yet or are you still in beta yeah, like so we we rolled out like a website and then um we're in beta now finally. Okay. Like nice. after the the past like couple of, like 2 years um we're finally hit beta and uh we're looking to officially like launch next month in February. Congrats. That's super that's Thank super you. dope. And yeah. w- so what's the beta process been? Like you've just been kind of testing with some users and trying to get feedback mm-hmm. about the user flow and all that? Yeah. Yeah, just uh making sure that there's no bugs, like everything's functional and it works. Um just overall, the overall user experience is like asking the users, like, what do you like about this? Like, what do you not like about it? How can we improve this? How mm-hmm. can we make it better? But, I mean, there's a thing, like, you're never going to make everyone happy. Um, was it? Everyone's not, no, you're not tequila or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, like, it's it's getting there. It's getting there. It's, uh, it's going in the right direction. Um, so it's very simple to use, very easy. The app's free in the Apple Store whenever we launch it. Um, yeah, like, it's super scalable. Like, p- 
people will like it. You never know. So you may find like a really good friend through like a live video chat. It's like, oh, is that like a Kings or Queens poster like on your wall? Yeah, it is, buddy. And then you just and start, you start talking. talking. Yeah. yeah. Never know. But uh, yeah. That's super cool. And then um, I guess starting this idea and you know you knew you wanted to solve this problem but did you know that it was gonna kind of pick up as much traction as it is right now and I mean I don't I don't necessarily know if I can say who's been reaching out to you but some pretty big companies have been reaching out and did you was this shocking to you or were you always like had that mindset of yes I'm gonna take this and and take it to the whole new level yeah I I I always like believed that it would happen, but I didn't think that it would happen this fast. <laughs> um, like for example, like whenever we I incorporated the company May of twenty seventeen. Yeah. And we'll register with the state May seventeen twenty seventeen. But a multi billion dollar company reached out in July of that same year. And then from there, even bigger company reached out in October and then from there an even bigger one well a little bit bigger, but it was like that same yeah. level. <laughs> yeah, similar levels reached out yeah. in November, and then in between there, a ton of other like construction companies and everything like have been reaching out in other businesses because like they're like, well, we can actually use you guys because you'll save us a ton of money. Mm. And like what happened was like one construction company actually approached us, and I was like, oh, I didn't even think about this. So like we actually solved like the last mile. So instead of like like companies having to pay for the driver, the insurance over the driver, and everything that's in the, the vehicle, uh, the vehicle, like car note every month, the gas, if it breaks down, they have to pay for that. And, so, and then, like, outside of that, like, just use us, bring us on board for whenever you won't need us, like, mm -hmm. for a delivery. So instead of having to pay in all those different features, like, you just make one payment a month. And yeah, we'll just come on board and just do all the deliveries for you. Is that like... Um so are you basically saying that it's not just, you know, like a if I'm trying to buy something in Facebook Marketplace, it's any type of delivery. If I'm like a company who does construction, let's say, mm -hmm. and I need, you know, um, someone to pick up my lumber mm -hmm. at the store, you guys will do that? Yeah, we actually have a, a, a construction company signed on board already. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we actually increase their productivity and like their um, burn rate, their customer experience, like numbers have come up, like shot through the roof. And uh, the way that we do that is like they, their contractors have to, like if they're running low on materials, they have to leave the, the work site, go to Los Menards, pick it up, yep. and they'll go on lunch break. And then after that, they'll have to come all the way back, unload everything. And then start working again. Yep. Instead of doing all of that time, and they're getting paid the whole entire time. Yep. <laughs> so instead of that, we just literally, like the pro product manager or program manager, they put in the order at Lowe's and Menards. We just go out, show them the cell phone number. It's already pulled, so we just pick it up and deliver it. Wow, and that's, that's it. genius. That's actually something that I've seen in the past couple of months. Um, you know, I, we've been flipping houses, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, we're, our team's not huge, but. Uh, yeah, I I can definitely see how that's super you know productive because we are pulling people off job sites and then it takes yeah. literally two and a half hours for them to come back yeah. and you're like, what Where the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so that's pretty cool. Okay, um, and then so what what is it like having people uh, like Silicon Valley, 
you know, calling you the next <laughs> unicorn. You know, what is that like? It's mind blowing. Yeah, but it's it's super motivational. So it just shows that uh, we have a lot of work to do to to meet up to that. But For sure, it, it shows that uh, people in like other markets believe in us. Yeah, and, and they're um, they're seeing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, which is super cool. We were talking before this, and you were like. Yeah, I didn't realize like you know they were talking about me out there, yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah. there's this whole article yeah. written about you. That's super dope. Yeah, it's a it's a huge um, huge compliment. Yeah, um, like to go from like where I was like being homeless and everything, and like being where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a huge blessing for and, sure. And um, yeah, I wish to, like to help. I'm willing to help like anyone else like get there as well. Yeah. Like whether it's advice, and I always like post it like, like once a month. Well, I try to post it once a month, but I'll, I'll always post like on my story. Like if there's anything, like anything out there that people need help with, just ask. Mm. But outside of money. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's like advice, if you need me to like. I don't know, like, if you're busy and you have kids and I have my son, it's like, oh, like, they can have, like, a play date. Just drop them off. They can hang out. Uh, if you need food, like, I can cook, like, whatever. If you need help with anything, like, I'm here to help. Yeah, that's super dope. Um, and so, where, like, what's your vision with, with Deliverin? Where do you want to take this platform? Do you want to scale it up and hold on to it? Is your goal to sell it off one day? Have you thought that far? Yeah, um, I, feel, I feel like we're going to sell Mm-hmm. Uh, here in the next like two to three years, especially based off of the uh, companies who have <laughs> reached out to us. Yeah, and um, that's awesome because um, now we, we have actual like scalability. And it was also like really cool that like Uber and Lyft are out there. Yep. And like Postmates because like now like our driver base is super scalable because they already have like gig economy drivers like all the way out there in all these different markets. Mm. So whenever we launch in all these new markets, all we have to do is just advertise for a couple drivers. And like once we have like 50 to 150 drivers in a certain market, we can just roll out there. Okay. And uh, just keep going from there. Do you want to be in um, every single market eventually? Yeah, I would love to. Because the more markets we in, the more people we save. Yeah, and, true. Um, whenever, uh, like, so, like, out of our competitors, like, we're the only ones that's super focused on the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, have this system, like, in place to, like, make sure that it's safe. So uh, whenever people use the marketplace, it's either meet in person or use us mm. so it's a 50 50 chance so it's nice yeah right on and so you, we were t- talking before this and <clears throat> you just had mentioned to me briefly you're like dang today's been super crazy mm-hmm. you know uh being an entrepreneur and with a tech startup and now actually getting a little bit more background about uh you know where you come from and everything i know that in college you had just a ridiculous <laughs> schedule <laughs> which <Yeah>. makes <laughs> sense you know probably makes it a lot easier to deal with these you know hard very busy days now, mm-hmm. but do you have any, like, as an entrepreneur, any daily routines or practices that you put into place that have helped you kind of organize and structure everything that's going on? Um, I typically don't do anything that's not on my calendar, mm. but outside of that, it's just literally just, uh, I prioritize um, the list of different things I need to execute, like, as a CEO. Um, I make sure I review everything with the team daily. I make sure I check on the code daily. I make sure that it's getting pushed daily, like uh, in the repos. Um, I make sure that the like everyone on our team's happy, mm-hmm. and like if they have any like stressors or anything, like they can reach out to me. Um, yeah, 
Like, I just literally just go off of that. And uh, I forgot to ask you, but how many people are on your team? Uh, total, like, we have eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right eight. on. And yeah. then as uh, how many mentors do you have? You briefly touched on mentors. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> like, after college, I didn't mention this, but I lived in the Kessler Mansion. Oh, yeah. So tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I – the very first time I saw the the mansion was whenever I was younger, and we were being transported from one church to the next, and uh, it was still like bluish and dark gray. And Jerry Hosteller still lives there, and um, I told my mom I was like, I'm either own that house or I'm gonna like live there one day. She was like, Okay, Nicholas, all right. And um, what's funny is I actually like lived there for about uh, 18 months. And how that all happened? Um, the house was like up for sale and I knew it was like out of my price range. <laughs> so like what I did was like, instead of going to the realtor, like I was like, all right, like I'm gonna just research the house and I found out who owned it. And I was like, oh, he's a tech entrepreneur. So I found his email like through one of his companies that he owns, he owns a ton of companies. And um, I just reached out to him. I, saw, I shot him a, a cold email, and I was like, "Hey, my name's Nick Turner. Like, I'm just now jumping into the entrepreneur realm. I graduated from IU. I played football and track. And I just gave him like a really short, like, quick summary over me because, like, I know that I'll get a faster reply if it's shorter. Yeah. And um, like, when, uh, trust me, I emailed Mark Cuban, and it was. Yeah, he responded though. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. Was I'll, it lengthy or short? This. Yeah, it was short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, were you just asking like advice, or yeah, you were? I asked him about an investment. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it was about, I'll show you. Yeah, you have to show yeah. me. But um, like I sent him the email, and he emailed me back like 20 minutes later, and oh, he was wow. like, "Hey, like this is my cell phone number. Call me." So I called him, and we we're on the phone for about 30, 45 minutes, and then. <laughs> Like, I hang up, and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and he calls me the next day, and he's like, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, yeah. And then he was like, all right. And he sent me over the lease, and he was like, hey, like, the keys are in the mailbox. Go ahead. That's awesome. He's like, you can move in. I was like, what? That's like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And was it just you in there? Yeah. 30,000 square foot house. Yeah. <laughs> For 18 months? Yeah. So, like, the big part is the guest house. That's what a lot of people think is, like, the main house, but yeah. it's just the guest house. And it's, like, super weird. It's only, like, three or four bedrooms in the whole place. Really? Yeah. That big of a house and mm -hmm. just three or four bedrooms. Yeah. That's super dope, though. Yeah. You, you had to have a bunch of people over, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so, sometimes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <not> <laughs> I feel that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, going back to kind of just, like, your journey with entrepreneurship, what do you think would be some of the most difficult challenges that you've gone through? Would it be those times where, you know, you, you couldn't pay for rent? Or yeah. or what, what, it, what would you think? Um, some of the difficult times is, like, starting off, like, uh, like, Everyone thinks that, oh, like, if you're an entrepreneur, you're rich. Like, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, no. Like, you, everyone's going through a startup phase. Yep. And I, that's what I was going through. So, um, like, whenever I was, I started showcases, I had, like, a decent amount in the bank from uh, the Unbounded group. And um, I thought that I knew everything that they needed to know. And I ended up sending some money out to uh, China through Alibaba mm -hmm. and, like, a company that I met through them. And... Um, I ended up getting screwed over out of a decent amount of money. Damn. And uh, from there, 
uh, it was like pretty much like starting from the ground up again. Yeah. And um, because at that like point in time, like I already put Paul as like on the Unbounded group, and I couldn't just like upstart it again and start making money. Yeah. So uh, I literally like, and then at the time I also had my son, so I was like, mm. I gotta like make ends meet. So what I would do is I started working at Amazon. So I worked at Amazon from it'll be like six till five in the morning. And then I get my son at 6 a.m. when his mom would drop him off. Mm -hmm. And then I'd have him from 6 till 5.30 in the afternoon. And then I'd go back to Amazon. And oh, wow. Like, I'd have that, like, three, four days out the week. And whenever I had my son, I'd be working on my business. So I'd be still learning, still, like, watching him, feeding him, everything. Because he's, like, a small little baby yeah. at that point. But... Um, yeah, like I was just like going through that process and that was pretty tough. Like the, I had some really tough times like where um, I just didn't know. Like I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if like like this is ma made out for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I had like the the everyone has like their dark moment for sure. They're just like, no, like I this is this is it. Like I'm done. I'm going to hang it up. I'm just going to go and get me a normal, like, 9 to 5 and just, like, grow, like, all the other, like, people, like, the American dream. Yeah. Like, people would say. But, um, and it happened the day that I had my son. And, like, one of the things is, like, I ended up paying rent. And I didn't have enough to, like, uh, pay for diapers. Mm. And he actually was on his last diaper. And I was just, like, I'm, like, done. Like, I have to, like, do this for him, to, like, get a normal job for him. And then um, I reached out to one of my friends, and they ended up bringing over, like, some diapers. And they're like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, nothing, nothing. Because I'm, like, really good at, like, brushing things off. But, like, uh, after they left, like, I was, I was still in the mansion, too. And I was, like, looking around at everything. And I was like, if someone could do this, like, why can't I? Mm. Like, I mean, yeah, I have my son, but, like, he's, like, just added motivation to everything that I'm doing right now. For sure. So I'm, like, uh, like, it's, it's, it was hard, but, um, man, it was, it was a crazy time, like, during, like, whenever I was, like, starting everything up, uh, but it just, like, made me not give up. Yeah. And, uh, there was, like, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of tough times, but it's all, like coming together finally for sure yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure like with with everyone everyone still goes through struggle you know yeah. especially in entrepreneurship you know and uh, correct me if i'm wrong but <clears throat> it's probably a little bit different struggles now yeah um yeah. but still i'm sure there's so much pressure on your shoulders mm -hmm. um and there's yeah. a there's a lot of struggle that you go through so i guess besides your son because i i'm pretty sure you know this next question i'm going to ask you'd probably say your son but besides him who have been the biggest inspirations for you to just keep pushing and keep moving forward my friends and my family mm. like uh my friends have helped me out tremendously like whenever like my back was up against the wall when oh sorry <laughs> like, it was just like crazy uh like how much like my friends and family have been there like support like this is just a crazy support system um and they they never like like went away like they always believed in me mm -hmm. which is crazy and i'm just like like it's a uh, a huge blessing to like have like 
such a great like support group. Yep. Um, and it's it's like like whenever you're starting off, you feel like no one believes in you. You feel like you're just like your back's up against the wall, like nothing's ever gonna like come from it. But like if you just like keep working, it's just like work building muscle. Like mm-hmm. you you start off like and if you try like benching like 300 pounds, you're like crap, I can't get it. <laughs> and then all your friends are laughing at you because you couldn't get it. And so like it's just like so that 300 pounds is your first startup. So because people are judging you, like, oh, you couldn't get that? Like, I could get that. Mm. And it's, like, other people who already have, like, crazy, like, successful companies. And then, like, you're, like, okay. And then you start off smaller. And then you start building that up. And then you, like, feel success building up. And then, like, you end up getting injured. So, like, whenever I was, like, I tore my pack in college. And then you you fall back down. So you feel like you failed. Mm. But you really didn't. It's just, like, a little thing that like kicked back yeah like an obstacle yeah an obstacle came in and um from there you know okay you repair yourself you fix the obstacle and just keep going you keep building keep building and then the day that the max day comes whenever you're about to bench the 300 pounds (laughs) and you bench it and then you start repping it and then your friends are just like you're the guys that doubted you are now like hey like can you work out with me oh can i work out with you like, hey, like, what's your workout routine? Like, what what protein do you take? <laughs> like, yeah, they start, like, coming on board like that. Yeah. And you're just, like, like you, you don't want to, like, sit there and be, like, nah, like, for, screw you. Because, like, I mean, you're an entrepreneur. Like, you can't have, like, break or burn bridges whenever you're an entrepreneur. Because you never know whenever, like, you'll need them, like, in a, or they'll need you. Like, because... We're, we're all here to help each other. Yep. Like, um, even if, like, someone denied me or, like, talked bad about me in the past, like, like sure, I mean, that's whatever, but you never know what they're going through. Maybe they were just hurt, and that's just their outlet. Exactly. But, um, like, you as a person, like, whenever it comes to, like, for example, like, panhandlers, like, it's not a judgment on them if they're asking for money. It's a judgment on you whether or not if you want to give it to them. Mm. because, like, you don't know if that person actually really needs it or doesn't. Yeah. And um, that's my like, my approach to, like, a lot of things, because it's like, okay, like, it's a judgmental on, like, your character if you're, like, willing to help this person. Like, okay, yeah, I love helping people. Like, how can I help you in this way or that way? And, um, like, even, like, there's some, some people that reached out, like, a few weeks ago that I just haven't talked to you in I don't know how long, and they're just like, hey, like, I need your help with this all right, yeah, I'll help you. Mm. And I did. And um, they were just, like, super thankful for it because, like, they didn't have anyone else to go to. And I was, like, their last line of defense. And they are like, if I, if you didn't help me, then I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, and, dude, that's inspiring. That's what, you know, we're all about here is just, like, helping people, man. With that type of mindset, those are the types of people that are going to go far in life, um, you know, and it's all about just – being willing to give a helping hand and uh, teaming up and helping each other grow. I think that's the biggest thing that we've realized is, you know, the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, yeah, dude, that's, it's just a powerful thing. And I could talk for, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, before we go, you know, I, I want to ask a couple more questions. But what would be your definition of success? Happiness. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, like, so many people are like, oh, like, I'm, I'll be successful if I have this car, that car, this house, that house. Like, that's what marks success. No, it doesn't. Like, success is when, like, you hold, like, like, success to me is, like, whenever I hold, like, my son and I'm just, like, 
happy. Like, Ooh, I like everything yeah. going on. Like, it could be like the worst day ever. And I could just sit there and he'd be like, Hi, Dad. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> and he's just awesome, like 24 7. And it's just like happy because, like, he doesn't know what's going on, mm. but he's just super happy. It's just like having, being like that child, like, mindset. Yeah. It's like, no matter how bad things, he could get like a whooping, like, 10 minutes before. And he could still like run up to me and give me a hug and a kiss and be like, "I love you, Dad." And it's just, yeah, it's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. That's super dope. Dope. Um, and then so, you know, you talked about how obviously delivering isn't your end goal. You know, you in two years, three years from now, you see yourself kind of selling that company, and and you're gonna go on. I'm sure you're gonna start more companies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you got your your vending machine in your side pocket that you're gonna probably whip out. Yeah. Um, but you know, what kind of impact do you want to you know have on the world personally? I want to. Uh, one of my main goals is starting a nonprofit for um homeless communities okay and um what we like i already like have everything like drawn out like <laughs> it was going to be where we'd go out like on nights like this and have like a bus and we'd go out and like ask people who are sleeping like on the streets like hey like what got you here and do you are you willing to change it and we'll mm. I just ask them those two questions and they'll just tell us and then if they say yes well okay come on the bus so we'd get on the bus I have some friends out there that I'm going to talk to later about this who own a ton of hotels, <coughs> a ton of hotels, <laughs> and uh, it'll be like a tax write-off for them, but uh, it'll just be where they rent out like uh, two floors, two or three floors of their hotel, and we just place the individuals like in the hotels for that night, and um, we take them to the, uh, the hospital the next morning. And they get like a physical done. So we find out like how their health is and like where they're at. And then they also uh, do like a uh, mental like screening like with the psychiatrist. And from there, like we'll get to understand like uh, what their mental state is mm -hmm. and if they can work. And if they can work, then we apply to them to like an internship program, like with a corporation that we partner up with where we can send them like jobs or like interns. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a free internship for a week to two weeks. And if they do well, like, then they can get hired on. And they don't, like, whenever, like, we teach them, like, I already talked to, like, one of my friends who's a professor at the University of um, Chicago. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was like, oh, yeah, I would love to teach finance to, like, finance and accounting to, like, the homeless community, like, for you guys. And um, so she, they would learn finance, accounting, um, they would check out like their checkbooks or in like their um, banking like or bank accounts mm -hmm. so that they can like prioritize and like see like how much like they would need to make to actually like get a home, pay rent up to this many months, pay the bills, um, get food, different things like that instead of like what got them to that point. So they'll become leave the program like more knowledgeable. They'll be off any substances that they're on before. They wouldn't be drinking, to say. Um, well, drinking less, a lot yeah. less. And um, they would just uh, know that they 
like accomplish something yeah like, for themselves yeah i really like that so you're basically just helping people become you know um, a part of society again and, yeah. and really um you know adding value to their lives that way and, and impacting lives i really like that that's a super cool idea and the way that you've like thought through every step of that <laughs> is, is dope yeah. uh yeah. so right on um yeah. one of my buddies was like his uncle is the ceo of mcdonald's really yeah he literally stepped down as ceo i think it was four years ago five years ago oh wow yeah that's and crazy he's actually like uh yeah he actually still he works for mcdonald's like right now in their corporate yeah but yeah wow that's dope <laughs> yeah that's like one of the companies i was thinking about like reaching out to for that because there's so many of them yeah i mean that's nothing to them yeah that's yeah. genius i like that Definitely pursue that idea for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, a couple more questions here. First, where can people find you? What social platforms? They can find it, find me or me personally, or as a company. You and the company. They can find me and the company on Facebook at Deliver End, um, like or like Nick Turner, <laughs> and uh, Instagram at Deliver End, uh, Twitter the same handle Deliver End, um, and mine is like on Instagram it's Nick Turner twenty six underscore. And then Twitter, it's Nick Turner underscore 26. Dope. Okay. And then um, is there anything else that you want to say? Give a shout out to anyone, plug anything before I ask the last question? Um, I want to say thank you for having me on. For sure. And uh, what's up, Aiden? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be one thing that I've, I've thought about is it's going to be super cool when, you know, he becomes like, let's say in his 20s or 30s and he can look back on like the archive of videos mm -hmm. and things that from like your journey personally, I think that's so cool that like, you know, our kids and then our kids' kids are going to be able to see mm -hmm. all of that, you know, that'd yeah. be crazy being able to like look back on my grandparents and like see their childhood and like growing up, you know what I mean? Yeah, my I remember my, my little brother has a video of uh, Aiden playing on my my laptop yeah and what's funny is he kept pulling off the top view to sticker <laughs> it was like kept pulling i was like stop it well <laughs> yeah that was that's like one of the things that was just like super hilarious whenever he said like aiden i was like yeah that's one of the things that he kept freaking doing <laughs> and then he did that like shipper tech ones like he would like rearrange it like yeah, it was crazy. That's funny. Um, and so my last and final question, which, you know, I, I appreciate you. I've had, a, I've had an awesome time sitting down and talking to you. But, you know, my last question here is if you could leave behind one lesson. Let's say you, you know, you've done everything that you want to do, you know, deliver in becomes a multi-million dollar company. You know, you have all the resources. You, you do all of these things that you want to do. You impact the world in an amazing way. Um, and, you know, at the end of your life, everything is wiped away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, you have one lesson that you could leave with, you know, your kid. What would that one lesson be? I would tell them something that I've always told them. And it's, uh, I, I posted it on Instagram a few times too. But it's to keep reaching for the stars because someday mm. you may touch one. Love that. That's super dope. Well, that in, that concludes episode fifteen of Novelty Voice. Uh, Nick, dude, you're gonna you're gonna do amazing things in this world. Um, you're a genuine guy, and like I said, I appreciate you coming on here, having this conversation. Um, 
Man, there's so much in store for you, brother. Uh, yeah, definitely. Anything that you need, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you guys know where to find Nick. Um, be on the lookout for what Deliverin has in store. App launching next month, right? So uh, get on that. Start using it. Be safe out there. And this is another episode of Novelty Voice. It's Adam Karendang. We're signing off. Woo!